Hey there, guys. Thanks so much for coming to listen to my little show here today. Welcome to anyone new and hugs to all those returning listeners. I appreciate all of you. So I have quite the treat for you today. I bring you an interview with my first female guest ever. I realized that as I was editing. And guys, she is such a joy to have on. She is knowledgeable about so many issues I've addressed on this show over the years. But not only does she know her stuff, she is also funny, entertaining, and sexy as hell. I adore her. Today is part one of a three-part series with the amazing Susan Bratton, an intimacy expert. During this series, we will talk about many types of relationships, the male's sexual experience, penis enlargement and health, tips on having a successful dating life, and so much more. Whether you enter Susan's world through a sexual health problem that you need to solve, intimacy skills you want to learn, or bedroom communication techniques to ignite your connection and pleasure, she offers a world of good to apply to your love life. I am so pleased to have Susan for this three-part series. So, without any further ado, please give it up for Susan Bratton. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com. So, Susan, (laughs) welcome to my show. I have been so excited to have you on. I've been watching your videos. I've been looking at your website. I'm just really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, thank you so much for having me, Joey. I mean, I appreciate you allowing me to come on and all the care that you've taken to prep me. And um, I can just tell how much love you have for your fans. Um, because I do a lot of podcasts. I love me some podcasts. And about six months ago, I said, why am I not on more gay podcasts? I love the gay men. And I have so much great information for men in general. And uh, I just I just love the community, the gay community. My father was a gay man. Really? And, um, you know, I've just always been so gay, loving and positive. And uh, so I'm just happy to be here, too, because... We both love your audience. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I'm so I'm so so glad. You know, in looking at your videos, there's there's so much great information that's applicable just to men, not just um, heterosexual couples. And I would love, you know, if you're going to be getting into LGBTQ uh, podcasts and various things, I'd love to see some videos geared specifically towards the gay community because we will eat you up and love you to death. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because I want to be eaten up and loved to death. Um, Uh It's funny because I started out about almost 20 years ago now, um, helping, I I created a publishing company teaching passionate lovemaking techniques. And then I realized, okay, 
what I need to do is I also need to teach people bedroom communication skills. And all of this came out of the fact that I didn't want to have sex with my husband after about a decade of being married to him because I wasn't having satisfying sex. We went and learned how to have sex. And I'm like, oh, it's actually not hard at all if someone tells you what to do. And there's so much more that can be done. And this is what I want to dedicate the second half of my life to. This is my second career. And I started out with the passionate lovemaking techniques. And then I realized, oh, people need communication skills. So I'm going to really focus on bedroom communication skills too. And then as I got longer into my business, I realized that the third leg of a really solid foundation of sexuality and having great sex your whole life that keeps getting better is also sexual health because ageless sexuality is really what I stand for. Heart-connected, passionate lovemaking, ageless sexuality. You know, if we take good care of ourselves, we can last a long time and have great sex till the day we die. And so... When I started doing that, I expanded. But when I first started, I was talking mostly just to married, hetero dudes in long-term relationships where they weren't getting laid anymore. That was kind of like the base of my knowledge because that was my husband and my experience. I didn't want to have sex with him. So I was helping guys understand how to get their wives to have sex with them. And then over time, I started incorporating women. And then I started incorporating people across the gender spectrum. And then I I started making sure that I had pictures of not just white people, but people of all ethnicities and all ages. And so as I've grown and matured in my business and in my knowledge and in how I want to express my work in the world, it's grown to encompass everyone. That's fantastic because in having you come on and, and anticipating this for a few weeks, I was talking to my husband. We were just in, in Mexico recently and we were talking about whether or not what you do will be applicable to older gay men. Mm-hmm. And from what I have seen, absolutely, you know, it's it branches over all sexuality and the fact that you are so positive about all sexual relationships. I think yeah. I that's so great because I try to be so positive with my audience. And that's why I knew you would be a, a shining light to have on here. Well, and it's interesting too, because the the thing about the thing that I've learned about our sexuality, you know, if you think about us, we are Homo sapiens. That's what human beings are called. We're called Homo sapiens. And if you think about the, 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 the tree of life, the tree of life has all these branches on it with all of the animal kingdom. And all of the animal kingdom is the puppies and the ponies <laughs> and the lions and the tigers and the bacterias and the funguses <laughs> and the whales and the dolphins. The little dolphins. The, the sparkle unicorns are not on there, but they should be. And then there's this branch on that tree of life, and it's called the great apes. And that's where we sit, Joey. We are with the orangutans and the bonobos and the chimpanzees, and there's the little old homo sapien. And we like to think that we're this lofty thing. That's above the animal kingdom, but we're not. We're in some cases the worst of the animal kingdom and, you know, in some of our humanity. But when you look at us as a homo sapien and then you realize that we're either born with an XX or an XY chromosome, 
And XX is the estrogen dominant. It's the um, vulva owners of the world. And then XY is the mask is the, the, the masculine sex. It doesn't have to be a masculine gender expression. It's the masculine sex. It has the penis and it's testosterone dominant. And then you look at our genital system and basically we have all the same parts arranged in different order. So the man has the 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 Audi and the the girl has the innie, but the gender expression and whether we're femme or we're mask or we we're sw- in the in the cisgender world we call it switchy. You call it tops and bottoms and verses, and you know we just call it switchy. Um, that's it, it, we're really really similar, but there are a couple of really interesting competitive advantages that the male body has over the female body. Want to hear them? Please. <laughs> List those puppies, yes. One is... Because I, I want to feel good about myself, so please, yes, list them for me. You, you should feel so good about yourself. And these are some things that I actually think are kind of what color the, the gay community's sexuality. They go right down into... The fact that we are similar but different and how we're different and how that gets expressed in our sexuality. And the first one is that, and I know we want to talk in some, a bit about, um, sexual biohacking and the penis and, you know, oh, yeah. sexual health, because that's an area where I really excel. I mean, I love dicks so much. <laughs> All dicks, every dick, all the dicks in the world. And I want them all to be happy and satisfied. And uh, so I'm a dick champion. But if you look at, if you look at the masculine, the XY chromosome homo sapien, that person is testosterone dominant. So every morning they get this bath of hormones of testosterone and it makes them horny they are biologically driven to masturbate so they masturbate frequently that keeps their sex drive high they have this beautiful thing called hemodynamics and hemo meaning blood H-E-M-O, hemodynamics, which means that the penis itself has these three erectile tissue chambers in it and they fill up with blood fast, like boink. If you're a healthy XY chromosome human, you get a fast boner. And the, the, the feminine, the XX, she takes a long time to get turned on. So she, and she doesn't masturbate every day and she doesn't wake up horny. She goes through this 28 day cycle. So men have such a competitive advantage sexually because they're ready to go when they're healthy. They're ready to go. They're horny and their dick works great right out of the chute. And it's like, oh, women have to really keep up with that. And I think that's in many ways what's allowed gay men to have such in, in, on the good days, on the good years and the good moments, incredible sex lives with incredible numbers of partners with a lot of satisfaction and a lot of joy and a lot of like just um, 
it's not it's not that the gay world has doesn't have its angst because it does and i think in many cases especially older gay men can have a lot of loneliness and isolation yes and i think that that's where i really get into my heart around the gay community i mean i was talking to a gay friend of mine recently and he said we don't have most of us don't have kids that come to our funerals like when we get older you know we feel alone um it's different for us and i was like i really get that i really get that but you have this wonderful gay sexuality and parties and events and hookups and your flag systems, your handkerchiefs, you know, you've got everything is just kind of like out there and ready to go. And that is to be celebrated because the heterosexual man, he is not having as good a sex as the homosexual man. He's primarily monogamous. You know, this is another thing that I, I've been seeing too. A big trend is that open relationships are still so strong in the gay community. I mean, after so much time focused on marriage equality, because mm-hmm. we had to fight for the rights for LBGTQ, everything, but we had to fight for marriage equality for everyone. And we, sh- we sure deserve to have that but that's almost like a it's like that that helps us with our our taxes and our our medical stuff and rights but the the gay community still really loves their open relationships and their opportunities to have a lot of partners not all everything's on a bell curve some people are monogamous and happily married and others are never going to never even going to be married like anybody but um that is definitely one of the things where i think the gay population excels is in negotiating open relationship do you think that it is becoming more acceptable for that to be a known factor in society that yes here's a gay couple yes they're married and oh by the way they have an open relationship they they see other people yeah for sure it is becoming more known it's okay Mm -hmm. to admit to it now most definitely because um open relationships poly relationships these are becoming very mainstream especially with younger people in their 20s and 30s they they don't they don't even want to they don't even necessarily want to get married. Um, it's it's really changing. Um, so yeah, open relationships are very m- much more accepted now. I guess that's a good thing, right? Because we want the world to be made up of all different people of different colors, of different relationships, of different sexual, um, I was going to say persuasion, but not even that. Um, you can be undefined in today's world, which is wonderful. Yes, you can be fluid. Fluid, that's that's the word I was looking for. I like that word, fluid. Um, I like that for myself. You know, one of the things that I teach a lot about is seduction. And seduction with integrity. And I know that's something you wanted to talk about if we get to it. But I, I'm just going to bring it up right now because... Please what, do. Yeah. When you seduce with integrity, you know, one of the things that you have to do is you have to keep your relationship hot and sexy. You can't rely on getting turned on by someone outside the relationship 
to do the work for you, you need to keep your, 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 your primary relationship hot so that the secondary relationships are frosting on the cake, not the cake. Boy, do I want to talk about cake today, don't I? You know, I'm on a, I'm on a five-day fast. I'm on day four of a five-day fast. And damn if I'm not talking about cake all the time. <laughs> I'm making myself hungry. Um, when you seduce, you move your partner toward pleasure. That's all it means. Seduction got a bad name, like it was to be manipulative or something. I'm going to seduce her, and she's not going to know what happened, or I'm going to seduce him, and he he will be under my spell, and I will do naughty things to him, and he will never be able to, uh, you know, say no or whatever. But that that is not what it is. It's just moving your partner toward pleasure. And the way that you do that the best, the trick to seduction is to make run a menu of offers to your partner. Would you like to go out for dinner? Would you like to stay home and I'll give you a back rub? Would you like to go out and get in the hot tub? Oh, I don't know. I, I always want all of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, and yes. And also, can we? <laughs> yes. But th- what's good about seducing with integrity and running a menu of offers to your lover to get them excited and to ap- whet their appetite is that you're you're creating multiple choice options you're creating a fluidity in your sex life by giving lots of opportunities always coming up with opportunities for pleasure with your partner and it goes both ways you can seduce each other uh, it, it's not always one person making the offers and one person saying yes. This is a this is a this is a game for two or three or four. I know that um, a lot of gay men, and probably I guess across all relationships, we tend to kind of fall into a pattern, into a rut almost. Yeah, and it's. Sometimes when you're older, when you're 50 plus or 60 plus, you're pretty set in your ways and it's very hard to to break out of that. But the things that I've seen in your various videos are wonderful instructional things that people can follow to be able to break out of these these patterns that they're stuck in after all of these years. Yeah. Anytime you introduce new things into the relationship, you're recreating new relationship energy. One of the things I found that people really want from me are ideas for having hot sex. They just for, they just don't know what to do. They just do the same old things over and over again. It doesn't matter what who you're with or what your gender expressions or identities are. Everybody gets bored and you want to do new things, but you're like, I don't know what you want to do. I don't know what you want to do. <laughs> so sure. my job is to give you is to basically run you a menu of sexy ideas so that you can be like, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. <laughs> sure. And you know, I I want to spend a lot of time talking about all of the various sexual aspects of it. But so many gay men over the age of 40, the majority of gay men are not in long-term relationships. The people that I hear most from are guys that are lonely, that are, they have horror stories about their attempts at various long-term relationships. And now in their older years, they find themselves lonely and isolated. Mm -hmm. What would your advice be to men that have simply given up? That's a tough one, Joey, because one of the things that I learned about 
sexuality is that a lot of people do give up their sexuality. And it's almost like I, it's almost like I can't help them. I can't help you if you don't want to be helped. Yeah. I, have to, I have to save the people who want to be saved. I can't save the ones who've given up on themselves. And I think that that requires a, a deeper look at what happened. Were you betrayed? Were you taken advantage of? Do you have a low self-image? What's causing the alienation and loneliness? Is it is it disappointment, repeated disappointment? You know, what are those things? And in that case, I often think the best thing to do is go talk to somebody. That that puts you into the therapy realm. Yes. Because really my my world is plussing up for those who want it, not going in and fixing things that that's therapy work and I'm not a therapist I'm a I'm a I'm an intimacy expert I'm a trusted hot sex advisor um, what I think about is how you can transform having sex into making love how you can find heart connection how you can find a, a conscious way of being really present with each other deepening your love having soulful sex, having massively orgasmic sex. You know, one of the techniques I teach is how to become a multi-orgasmic man. Because most men think that orgasm and ejaculation are this one and the same thing, two sides of the same coin. But they're mm -hmm. very, very separate systems in the body. And men can have 20 kinds of orgasms, 20 kinds of orgasms. And most men are just having the one and done type of orgasm. And so, honestly, women are ahead of men in that category where they're like, yeah, I want to have a clitoral orgasm. Yeah, I want to have an orgasm from going down on a cock. Yeah, I want to have a G-spot orgasm. Yeah, I want to come when I'm having intercourse. Yeah, I want to have sex toys. How many kinds of sex toys are there? Oh, there's four different kinds of sex toys for women. I want to have all four. <laughs> and men are like, no, I'm good. I got that one thing. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, there's. it's like when I talk about prostate orgasms, P-spot orgasms, the room gets super quiet. And uh, <laughs> and I think so many guys, straight guys, of course, mostly, are super, you know, weirded out about their asses. And uh, they don't even want to talk about it. You know, it's still, it's still like such a scary thing to them. Although what's interesting is that more straight guys are open to gay play but they don't want their wives and girlfriends to know. They're not telling them. But there's oh, yeah. way more men who are open to gay play now. I mean, if you just look on the, um, you know, the, the apps, you know, whether it's Grindr or, oh, did you see the new app? Did you see no. the newest app? Well, Scruff, that's, that's the Bears app. But Sniffies, have you seen Sniffies? No. Oh my what God, would... Sniffies is incredible. Do it... I want to know this? <laughs> okay, well, you, go ahead. What you is can it? go on in anonymous mode and you got to go on in anonymous mode. Like it is so much fun. You, Sniffies is basically a geo map of all the people who are on the app. And, you know, some are on anonymous and some are, you can tell who's a top and who's a bottom often by the picture they've put, you know, and um, it's just so interesting because it's your ge geographic location. It's kind of similar to Grindr where it's like, who's around you, 
yeah. close by, but it's it's all mapped out on this really cool map, and it's just it's a very cool app. Sniffies, it's called. You'll have to check it out. When you said Sniffies, I thought it would be in relation to sniffing body odors of various kinds. It's more sniffing out who's around kind of thing. That's what it yeah. is. Exactly. Sniffing out who's around. Yeah, they should. Yeah, it's not that I don't know about not that, that name. Specific freak. I know. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah. there's no URLs left in the universe. So I'm uh, very lucky to get sniffies. <laughs> that's true. You know, when you mentioned about how men uh, often, you know, just have one way of doing it and they just kind of want to yep. get to that point and get it over with, where masturbation is concerned, yeah. I, I love edging. Yeah. I good. love edging and watching porn. And when I do, I think people think I'm joking when I say this, but I'm not. I will do it for like four hours straight. Uh huh. Loving yeah. it, loving it the whole time. And I'm holding myself back. I don't want it to be over. Yet I know so many men and a lot of especially straight men that are not in relationships that get up in the morning and in the shower, boom, 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 in two minutes just yeah. to, quote, get it over with. Yeah. And I think that's so they're missing out on so much. Doing that well, and they're also training themselves to be premature ejaculators, they're training themselves to have zero stamina. I mean, you have to be able to get into the sensation, stay in the sensation, understand where your point of no return is so you can back off from it. And all that takes the practice of edging. Edging is the is the portal to multi-orgasmic experiences, full body male, multiple orgasm without ejaculation. That that's how you get there. That's how you teach yourself. So I think edging is is really nice. I think the next step beyond edging is to actually be able to f- have the orgasm without the ejaculation. I'm going to give you my program, Multi Orgasmic Lover for Men. It's got this seven. It's like I think it's like ten short videos, about seven minutes in length, that walk you through the process of how to become multi orgasmic and have full body orgasms without ejaculation. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll send that that sounds awesome. It's so good. Okay, so when you t- you say you can't help people, obviously, yeah. if they don't come to you, if they don't want help to try to break out of those bad habits or stale habits they might be in. Oftentimes in my shows, I am really just trying to get guys to get out of their apartment or house, to get back out into whether it be bars or restaurants or meetups or something where they're engaging with other people. Because if a man is, say, older and he's not had a relationship for sometimes maybe a few decades, they tend to have a smaller and smaller group of friends until they are isolated in their house. Mm -hmm. And of course, COVID did not help that at all. I know. Drove it even worse. But oftentimes it's just trying to get people to put that first step forward because I swear there are guys that have literally said to me, Oh, you know what? If it's going to happen, it's meant to happen. They'll, they'll knock on my door. It'll be the postman or something. And no, you have to get out there, right? Yeah. You do. And it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. You should meet as many people as you can. I mean, that's the beauty of dating apps is that you can get out there and meet people. And and you can also, it is perfectly reasonable these days to have a Zoom call with somebody and just see if you even like them. 
before you bother getting your clothes on and leaving the house. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea because when you have apps and you have photos on them, those are going to be the very best photos that have ever been taken of you ever. Yeah. And that's not necessarily realistic, at least a Zoom call. I mean, you might wear some makeup and have good lighting, but you're still going to see the person moving and animated and talking. And you get to hear their voice. And one of the things I always say is, I think that the video meet and greets are really a good idea. But even before then, you've got to have your non-negotiable pre-qualification list. And that might be something like... um, you know, like uh, very early on in the questions, I, I think it's important to ask the things that are really important to you. So often I tell people to say, hey, I want to ask you a few questions if you don't mind answering them. And I'm happy to ask, I'm happy to answer any questions you have for me to see if we might be a match. Because you mentioned this earlier too, Joey, one of my top selling books is a book called Relationship Magic, where it's actually a workbook. And it helps you figure out your top four relationship values. And your relationship values are what you need to feel if you're going to be in a relationship. But if you're just dating and you're not ready to get into a relationship, you really need to also understand what your value systems are with regard to things like, these are things that I recommend, that I I might ask or that I recommend you might consider asking. One would be, um, you know, what's your, what's your COVID strategy? What's your COVID avoidance strategy? Are you vaccinated? Do you wear a mask? I mm-hmm. mean, that right there is super telling. Who did you vote mm-hmm. for in the last election? Oh. That right there is super friggin' telling. Whoa. Right? <laughs> yeah, sure is. <laughs> I'm not wasting a second of time on someone who didn't vote for who I voted for because their value system is going to be the opposite of mine. And I would yeah. never in a million years want them to be in my space. I avoid those people. And unfortunately, we become very polar in our, you know, in our, in our country today, but we have to be because there's a lot of oppression going on. There's a group of people who are trying to roll back our rights and we have to fight for them. So I wouldn't want to be with somebody like that. Another thing for me that's important, and it might not be someone else's is, do do you have a job? I don't want to be with someone who doesn't have a job. I mean, I don't mind paying for stuff, but I, I, you got to have a job for me. Yeah. Another one is, and and this might or might not be relevant to someone else, but did did you get did you get your college degree? For me, I would need that. Um, it could be, do you own a home? Do do you are you married? Do you have a family? Mm. Who lives in your house with you? You know, stuff like that. And once you get over those questions on the dating app, then you can go into a, a meet and greet over video and hear how they sound. I mean, I mean, one time I was on a meet and greet with a guy. I'm, I'm married 30 years, but I'm in an open relationship and I'm bisexual. And I was uh-huh. on a, a video call with a prospective person. And the very first thing they started talking about was how depressed they were. And I'm like, oh, good Lord, how fast can I get off this call? This is like coyote painful for me. I got to I got to <laughs> chew the cord off my Zoom, my Zoom computer. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm so depressed. I'm like, this is your opening line. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, yes, but I want were, more of that. Yes. They were depressed, but I wasn't going to be able to help them with it, you know? <laughs> 
I want to get Susan back on again for my August sweeps period if she is available. So as you listen to this new three-part series, jot down any questions or topics you would like her to talk about. And if the planets align just right, I'm hoping to convince her to come back on during sweeps. Now, don't miss part two of this series on the air next Monday, April 25th. I will have another show out prior to then. So if you aren't subscribed, please consider doing so because I don't want you to miss the rest of this series. Until we speak again, my friends, have an awesome week. Thanks so much for listening. Be kind and compassionate. Bye for now.